Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. We're excited to share a new sponsor for this season, Watch Game Film. The simple way to watch, exchange, and manage game film. We understand that ease of use is paramount to productivity, so our platform provides you and your team with the right video solution so you can focus on the game you love. Our intuitive player includes instant replay, slow motion, play loop, rewind, and more. Plus, our platform includes video telestration and commenting features, enabling you to convey clear coaching points to your staff and athletes. When it comes to sharing and trading film, our Excel platforms offers many ways to exchange with your friends, conference, or opponents, even if they're using other film management systems. Plus, we make it easy to communicate with your own team with the ability to message user groups, individual teams, or even contacts outside your team. We know the importance of highlight reels for athletes and recruiters. A highlight tool allows athletes and teams to create the ultimate highlight reel and show their talent to the world. So what about costs? Our packages start at just $100 a year or 50 bucks per season for on-screen and in-text. and That includes unlimited film and unlimited users. Our mission is to help coaches and athletes succeed without forcing them to spend limited funds on overpriced software. Ready to get started? Go to watchgamefilm.com. Again, that's watchgamefilm, all one word, .com, to discover how watching and exchanging and managing film can be both simple and affordable. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrat. GameStrat has the fastest sideline replay system on the market and they provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a free demo, and let them know we sent you. guys welcome to the mesh point podcast today we have a special guest here uh for all the way up in alaska with us uh coach ryan landers he's the head coach and athletic director there at chugiak high school and it's just north of uh, anchorage alaska coach welcome to the program thank you coach glad to be here yeah man what's what's the temperature like the uh, uh today out there uh it's a balmy 18 degrees and a little bit of snow out there man i you know I'm down. go ahead we're in a heat wave right now. It was uh, last week we were uh, sub-zero, so short and t-shirt weather. 
I know you see me. I got my little sweatshirt on, man. It's a, it's, it's a little over 80 degrees here down in Florida, man. <laughs> I'd be dying right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Coach, let's get this thing started, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, where you played, and then a little bit about your coaching journey. Um, it's pretty simple, really. I, I grew up here in, in Eagle River, Alaska, and uh, played here at Chugiak. Uh, graduated in 98, played uh, varsity three years here, uh, won a state championship in 96, and then I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to go to Shadron State, uh, Nebraska there, and, and uh, just played one year there. Um, it was a fun year, you know, and, and that's one thing that when I look back in my career now, you know, maybe I wish I had stuck around, but at the same time, everything kind of happens for a reason, and, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm in a good situation right now, that's for sure. Uh, after I graduated college, I moved back to Alaska and was lucky enough to get my foot in the door coaching a little Pop Warner here and there. And then um, uh, started coaching here at Chugiak, and I've been here ever since. This is going to be my start of my 16th season coming up. Third as the head coach and 13 years as an assistant. Wow, oh, man. When you look back, it just goes so quick, doesn't it? Yep. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome to be able to come back to my alma mater, though, and and be the head coach uh, and the principal here. She's also someone that I graduated with. So that's, that's the type of community we have here, you know, is, is real tight knit. And, and we have a lot of good support um, out here compared to some of the other schools around us. And you know, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. That's for sure. Man, that's, that's cool. Real special, man. Uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for coach to be honest yep. with you, man. I, I envy that, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, Coach, talk to me a little bit about maybe a mentor that you have, um, that, you know, football-wise. And I know you just took that new role of uh, being an athletic director on. Who is somebody that you kind of lean on um, throughout your career? Um, well, I've, I've had two other head coaches that I've worked with here. And uh, the, long, the, the one man who, who I've learned a lot, basically who I learned triple option from, was, was Duncan Shackelford. And he coached in Alaska for 25-plus years, had – <clears throat> coached uh, two state championships with Diamond High School, which in Anchorage. Coached here for 10 years. Um, and uh, he was a tried and true wishbone guy. And it was triple option, outside, inside, and, and midline. You know, and, and we never, we hardly ever broke out of the bone. And, um, and even when I was in high school here at Chugiak, we ran the wishbone. We didn't run a lot of, we didn't run a lot of option, but we ran the wishbone, double E's, power, that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, I was fortunate enough to start being the OC his last year, and we kind of evolved. Uh, I didn't know much about the pistol. You know, I was, what, six, seven, eight years ago almost, um, just kind of experimenting. And then uh, when Roger Spackman took over, that was the the next guy in line. He uh, he wanted to switch to this offense. And so we were we were into it. We were in it to win it. And uh, we got some some good information from Art Craig. Uh, over well, he's not at Timberland anymore, but he's at Hannahan High School in South Carolina now, and he's come up here a few summers and and really he really helped us get dialed in with the flex bone um, our first couple of years, and you know each year we've kind of evolved with the personnel and um, other coaches like you come up the last two summers really helped us out, and uh, you know uh, we just just keep going and getting better with it every year. Oh, man, that's awesome. I'm going to ask you a little bit about that here a little bit later uh, as we get into your offense a little bit more. I uh, wanted to ask you real quick, uh, how's life now uh, 
not only as the head coach, but your athletic director now, man. How's that? Wearing an extra hat. <laughs> well, the uh, the only good thing was is uh, during the football season, I had two extra periods off during the day. So let's just say I got a lot of football stuff done. <laughs> but <laughs> football season has been over. Um, they've given me a lot more responsibility in charge. I'm doing the uh, gym scheduling. Uh, we have a pretty unique situation here last year. Um, we had a big earthquake last year, and the, the middle school I was teaching at the time is condemned right now. We can't go; they can't go back in there. And so, because our school is so big, but we were underpopulated, they were able to move that whole middle school over to our high school last year. And uh, so, they have, we have 600 middle school kids here, 900 high school kids here, and we got two gyms. And then you figure in, you got volleyball and basketball and all these other sports mixed in and. Um, majority of my time is spent on literally just gym scheduling and talking with coaches and making sure that, you know, everyone's happy. <laughs> because if we're happy, I'm happy. Now, for sure. And that six-figure salary they pay you now, right? Uh, it's pretty uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell my wife that one. <laughs> well, Coach, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, football in Alaska. Uh, how does high school football in Alaska uh, work, and uh, what time of year do you guys play? Kind of tell us a little bit about that, how many games you play, and then maybe talk about traveling, how far you travel, and and then we'll get into maybe fundraising even, you know, that, uh, that you have to do. I just had a meeting with my kids today about fundraising, as a matter of fact. Um, so we're very unique in the fact that there's only 23 high schools that play football in the whole state of Alaska. And if you put that in the context, I know in Florida and Texas, any any other big city really, big, um, that's that's like one conference for most most areas, you know. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, no, my 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 district uh, is just 33 high schools just within right. uh, our county. And and in that in that 23 teams, we actually have three levels right now. Next year, they're talking about doing two levels, um, which will even it out a little bit. But then you'd have like us. We're the smallest. They call us Division One, Division Two, Division Three. We're Division One. We're the smallest Division One school population-wise at 900 kids. And then there's schools like East High School, West High School, uh, and they're upwards of 2,000 kids. And so we're playing against them every year, and that's a challenge for sure. Um, you know, our biggest thing is we got we got talent, we got great players, but we don't have the depth. And so when we lose a couple of key players, it's really tough to to maintain our our, um, our competitiveness throughout the season and you know we have such a short season as it is uh we've only got eight week regular season game or re regular season schedule um which starts this year july 29th and the championship game is the third weekend of october so that's when the state championship so if you qualify for the playoffs you have we have three rounds so if you're lucky enough to play in the state championship game you have 11 games in your season and basically, one, is because we don't have a lot of teams do a huge playoff system, but also it's just the weather. By mid-October and, and then, of course, into to, uh, November, we're looking at average daytime temperatures, 25 degrees, and snow on the ground. And, I mean, yeah, we complain it, but it, it does take a toll on you after a while. So i tell you, that was one thing that kind of surprised me, being from Florida going up there, I would imagine, because of the weather situation, like, you guys would have a ton of indoor facilities where you would play games and stuff like that, but that's just not the right. case, right? It's not the case. And um, unfortunately, football, in my opinion, sometimes gets the 
we're, we're the we're the not necessarily the priority. Um, you know, soccer's big up here, and there are there are a few indoor facilities. There's a big one in Anchorage, but that's 30 minutes away from us. Um, and it, it is it does have a football field. It doesn't. It's not lined for football. It's for soccer, but it's big enough. Obviously, um, there's a place out here um, close to our school, five minutes away, but it's a uh, it's the size of a hockey rink. Yeah. So, put that in context, it's 185 feet by 85 feet wide. You can't do much in there. So, we can go out there, and we do try to do some small camps there, you know, throughout the winter if we can. But, yeah, as far as indoor facilities, I mean, that one in Anchorage only came online about 10 years ago. So, it's, it's pretty pretty sparse. And, and our community and our legislator, they wouldn't, they're not going to put money into building a big sports complex for everyone to use. Just, it's just not a priority for them. Yeah. But I know, uh, talk about travel a little bit. I mean, of course you got like Eagle river. It's right down the road from you guys, right? A short little bus drive. But, uh, I remember you were telling me something about uh, taking the kids uh, on an overnight trip, uh, last year. Uh, I think you guys rode a ferry and stuff, uh, to get there, yeah. maybe a fly. Yeah, so one of our non-conference games was down in Kodiak. Um, and if you look at a map, Anchorage is right in the middle, not in the middle, but it's, it's on the coast of Alaska and then Kodiak's the big island below there and it, it doesn't look like much of a distance but there's two ways of traveling you fly or you take a ferry if you take a ferry you gotta take a five-hour bus ride just to get to Homer Alaska which is the southernmost point you can drive and then a 12-hour ferry ride uh, we we went the easier way this year and we flew <laughs> and so we flew but again it's such a small area we it, there was um, Kodiak's not a big airport or big town so we had to take three different flights down there and three different flights back for a varsity and JV team. Took 60, 65 players down there. And so we flew down on a Friday and we came back. We played Friday, uh, Saturday, Saturday morning and we came back Friday. Or, yeah, we came back Saturday night. And, yeah, you sleep in the gyms. You buy food for them. You babysit them uh, and just try to find stuff for them to do. Luckily, we had great weather when we were down there this year, and we were able to do some hiking around there and walking around and just get the kids out of the gym. Otherwise, it's quite interesting. Um, this year, we get to go to, to Juneau, which is the state capital, and there are no roads in and out of Juneau. Wow. So you have to fly there. So we'll, that's our week five flight. Um, and all these these um, schools that are out of, like off the road system, part of their deal is they're required to give a certain amount of tickets to the teams coming down. So those teams have to fundraise in excess of $100,000 or more a year wow. just to just to have teams come down to them, basically. And then they have to travel the other weeks. So, I mean, it's a big – you know, fundraising is it, – it's a nonstop. That's that's the uh, number one thing I do besides coach football is fundraise pretty much. I, I, <laughs> I mean, you guys are trying to raise money uh, like, like a college would. I mean, for like a – you know, they're going to build a new stadium or something. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable the amount of uh, – down here, for example, uh, uh, coaches struggle to raise $5,000. And, they, you know, hey, hey we're, we want to buy some new equipment and uh, register for some seven-on-seven -seven tournaments. And then I think about you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just We need, on average, because, you know, you got replacement jerseys or new jerseys. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to get rid of shoulder pads that are 15 years old you know, from my, from the previous coaches. And so these last couple of years, I've, I've done a good job of, of starting to replace some equipment. And, you know, I've already spent just this year before we've even fundraised 
I've already spent about $8,000 on random, you know, on, on shoulder pads and replacement jerseys and a couple other little things. Um, we're doing a fundraiser here starting next week where the goal is to get $15,000. Wow. And that's going to go to, you know, to travel, to food, to, you know, cl- uh, the big thing I want to get is some more travel bags because we got to, you know, travel and you got to be able to pack stuff in those bags for overnights or whatever. And, you know, yeah, it adds up quickly. Um, so we do four big fundraisers a year, basically. And the goal is to get between thirty and thirty-five thousand and $40,000. Wow. Yeah. That's on, I tip my hat to you on that coach right there, man. That's the, unbelievable. The districts, districts don't give us anything. The, the most they'll pay for anything is our helmet reconditioning. Wow. And that's only because it's a safety thing, you know. Other than that, they don't give us any money. Wow, man. We never have. Unbelievable. Wait, wait, what's your favorite fundraiser to do, just out of curiosity? You're your most <laughs> successful. Maybe yeah. you're Since I took over, we've done two, um, two that the kids aren't involved in. Uh, one is a beer and wine tasting with a silent auction. Um, so that's a good time. You know, last year we did a good job. We did really good on that for our first year. And then uh, we do a golf tournament too. And so that's a, that's always a good one. Everyone loves getting out there. If they suck at golf, they can come out there and hit and whack the ball and have a couple drinks and have a good time. Not during the winter though, right? No way. <laughs> no <sir>. no. <laughs> well, coach, let's talk a little bit about your offense now. Okay. Um, sure. you, met, you mentioned how you're one of the smallest schools uh, number wise playing in that division one. Uh, man, I, I got to believe that's a big reason why you you really like running the, the flex phone, uh, short pistol offense that you that you run. Uh, talk a little bit about um, uh, your short pistol flex phone offense, the evolution uh, kind of from wishbone from back in the days when you played, and then uh, kind of a little bit more about uh, uh, Art Craig uh, that came in and, and helped you um, install that. That that is a big reason why we run the you know triple option flex phone is because we don't have big body, big bodies. I think my biggest lineman last year was 240 pounds. Um, you know, and that's, he's a good sized kid, right? But uh, Anchorage has a really big population of Polynesians and they're huge. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's some big boys over there. Big human and, beings. <laughs> yeah. And they make our guys look small. And yeah. so obviously we, you know, um, if you can have a numbers advantage against some of those guys and put them on an island, I'm, I'm all for that. And that's, that's, I love the option, man. I love it. Um, and I've been blessed, you know, as an offensive coordinator prior to my head coaching. And then my first years of coaching or being the head coach, I've had some really athletic quarterbacks who can actually throw the ball pretty well too. Um, this year I have a, I've, I have a good quarterback who, who reads the option really well. He's not the, uh, the fastest kid, but we're definitely not going to go away from chip lobsters because he's not going to break away speed. Um, that being said, you know, you have to adapt to your personnel, right? And we have this kid who's a pretty young kid, but he's got a, he's got a good arm. He's got good instincts. Um, I'm not going to say we're, we're not turning area. That's for sure. That ain't happening, you know. But, but what's unique about our, our base formation, which we call Chugiak, um, is our, our wings are about three and a half yards outside the tackles. So they're wider. They're not tight. And then, uh, you know, everything's kind of based off of that. But uh, we have, you know, I was just talking to one of my coaches yesterday. We have upwards of 20-plus formations, and we run a handful of plays. So it's yeah. all smoke and pools. Yeah, you guys are like a, a version of true spread. I mean, because you're out there two by two. You know what I mean? Those, right. Your, your wings are really slots, you know what I mean, because they're, right. they're out there. I know you have the ability uh, 
to bring them in if you if you wanted them to come in faster motion or something like that. But but you're a legit spread operation and yeah. talk a little bit about your quarterback. He's what do you got him about three uh, three feet back from the ball? He's in that short pistol. Yep. So quarterback's heels are at three yards and fullback's heels are at about five five and a half, uh, depending on you know their speed. Um, last year we had a really get fast guy off the block, so we back we back him up to six yards. And then, you know, you just got to work a little extra time in your EDD stuff every day of just your timing. But uh, quarterbacks at three, fullbacks generally at five. And then our wings, like I said, are, they're at about three and a half, four yards outside the tackles. And then they're hip to hip with the quarterbacks, so they're also at three. And then our our two receivers are called X and our Y, um, about depending on where we're field-wise, so we're staying in the middle. They're about 10 yards outside the tackles. So yeah, it is. It does look like a true two by two set, you know, spread team, yeah. and and you know the kids like that. They think it's 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 sexy, right? It's spread, right, right, right. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, we're running the ball, and yeah. we can, you know, I love running inside veer. My I think my my favorite play is outside veer, honestly, with the tight end, and we have some good tight ends the last few years, so that really helps. That's what I was going to say too. Like you, you're really good at using multiple personnel. You know what I mean? Getting out of right. in and out of a spread set and getting into maybe more of a three man service with that tight end in there. And uh, yep. you guys do a really good job with that. Last year we implemented uh, more of an actual true H back sniffer look too. And um, you know, again, it's just smoke and mirrors. It's just a uh, you know same thing, but you know we're running the same same plays out of that. And we we're blessed to have. Two really good kids that can play that that tight end or Y or H position, just flip flop with no problem. Get a little yeah. unbalanced and pound it down their throat, kind we of did. deal. I love we, it. We ran some good power out of there, and we ran some some good uh, some some good split inside zone actually a little bit off it. So it's not just triple option, but again, yeah, um, that's 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 what it is. Though. That's what we're all based off of for sure. Yeah, so you guys are running the inside beer midline. Uh, you can run rocket out of that short pistol. Yep. You run a little jet too. I'm, I'm, yeah, I we run jet and rocket. Um, and quite honestly, I think one of our best plays out of this year was our was our rocket toss. And cool. that, that's all you, coach. I'm gonna give you some love on that. One. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did. You know, we practiced that at camp when you were up here, and then we practiced it. We repped it every day. We had some kids that could get outside, love and it. we we had some good plays off a of rocket this year. We do that out of the pistol. I like running the eye formation out of the pistol. You yes. know, it gives a good look. So you got the fullback actually leading on the rocket. Um, so all that kind of stuff. Now when you, now when coach, you say the eye formation, you're still in that short pistol, be back behind yep. you, and you got one of your slots stacked behind the bag. I mean, yep. it looks yep. almost Those like that. Uh, it looks like that Georgia Southern, what they call the bobsled almost. You know what I mean? You got yep. three guys back there, man, stacked up. Old it's school. a really unique look. Old school was the Maryland eye. They used to do that. Yeah. They, yeah, we 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 actually used to run that when I when I was coaching here a long time. We would run, we called it the uh, capital I, but you know it was the same thing. Yeah, but coach, talk about my favorite play, man. My favorite play in your offense uh, that I learned from you was uh, OP Vern, man. Yeah. OP Vern is my favorite, man. I've never seen that's that before. The, that's the play action off of our uh, our outside veer, and so we make it look just like outside veer with the tight end. So our, um, depending on what side we run to, we'll say if we go to the right, you know, we got our, uh, our H back. So he's our left guy. Comes in motion just like normal. Fullback's going to fake the handoff. He goes out to the slot, or sorry, to the flats. The tight end 
dummy blocks for about a second, two seconds, and he releases to a corner out. And then our um, our slot to the play slide, which is our Z in this instance, he would run just a seam. And, you know, like any typical team that runs the ball, we're going to see eight, nine guys in the box. And we very rarely see two safeties, which just makes it even better. You know, so when you're running tight end formation a lot like we do, they're going to suck up. They suck up hard on that run. And and uh, the money shot is actually the uh, the Z, that's that, that seam. Because that yeah. safety bites up, and then the corner looks at the tight end route, and that seam comes open nine times out of ten if you can get it to him. He's and it's a, usually a big play for us. And I love I'd call that play at least two or three times a game if it's there yeah. for sure. And then again this year the way we had it set up with with that with that H, you know we ran it out of that formation quite a bit too with the tight end and the H running it. <clears throat> that made it look even better. So yeah, the H is coming out doing that. It was it was fun. I tell you what, man, it's a sweet looking play. And uh, you wrote an article uh, for Flexbone Nation, and you, you kind of talked about your offense. And you have some clips of that play on there for uh, coaches that are listening. Go check that out, man. It's it's awesome. I would I would kind of relate it to. I was trying to figure it out. Uh, it looked like a, a in, so you're faking inside view or outside view, right? Yep. And play action, and it's kind of like uh, the belly, the old belly keep pass on the front side to the tight end nub. You know where you got the like like coach said, you got the corner and and what's unique is that fullback coming off your 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 your, uh, uh, your mesh right your 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 fake is slipping out in that flat. I've never seen that before off of an inside veer. And then what puts it all together is what your 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 seam, your money shot seam. That that just that just uh, it either holds the safety or that safety hole butts to the corner and that money shot's wide open. I mean I've seen you score on it a bunch of times just watching your yeah. film, you know. Yeah, I think we had a couple touchdowns on it again this year. And, and, you know, the key is, of course, selling that fake and then having that, that quarterback needs to do like a, just a partial roll kind of behind the tackle. So he basically is falling out on his veer path as it is, but getting a little depth there so he gets a little separation and he just t- tosses over the top. You don't have to have a, a stud quarterback and throw. You just have to have someone that can sell it and get it out there, basically. Oh, that's good stuff. Hey, Coach, talk about uh, your um... – how you guys are a little unique in the fact that you uh, you use a no huddle system. You're you're no huddle with your wristbands. I know it's you you um, uh, you, go, you talk about it in your article uh, and you have some examples of how you do it. But just talk a little bit about it. So that's that's something I got from from Coach Craig. Um, you know, and uh, a lot of teams up here, well, as anywhere, they go fast, right? So everyone's got their own unique way of getting plays in or, or how they call it. Um, Basically, on, on the wristband, it's pretty straightforward. On the first sheet, it's got uh, ran- – well, I shouldn't say random. you got a bunch of plays um, and with the formations up top. So, the on the sideline, I have a player holding up a letter, A through Z, and that's the formation, right? So, the kids look at the formation, and then it's a color. It's a color and number, red 10, black 5, blue 6, whatever it might be. And all you got to do is just look at the wristband. So at the top after that, after the formations that will have colors, they go down that column. So if it's blue, they go down to number two, tells them what play it is. You know, and I've seen people um, tell them, like, what they're supposed to do on that. Um, and, well, for one, that's too much work. But uh, they, uh, you know, obviously at the varsity level, we want our kids to understand what they're doing on that play without having to cheat sheet. So this is telling them to play. Now on the pass routes – on the third on the third window, it does have it's just a passing tree, and each week I'll go back and change that 
to our game plan accordingly. And, you know, there's uh, 13, you know, it's 12, or basically our two-by-two two look. And then there's like seven or eight, um, maybe a few less than that, trips, three-by-one. And then, of course, our play actions on there too. And that will tell them what routes they're running on it just so that – because so they're not getting confused on that because sometimes we're flip-flopping things a little bit. So that, 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 that helps them out for sure. And now everybody on your offense wears one offensive line everybody, offense right? Has one, yep. So the ball's, you know, play's done. They, they hustle up to the line of scrimmage. Um, we don't necessarily go fast, but we can. And we, and we do, of course. Um, and, and I don't know. I think we've, we were talking about this year. I think we're going to try and go a little bit faster. Our kids like it. I think it gets them in a good groove. But, yeah, so what happens is they'll get to the line. We'll look at where, you know, what it is. I already got the play come in mind, of course. And then uh, formation's up. So, that you know, eyes, eyes, eyes. Everyone looks at the sideline. They see the formation. And then, then it's real simple. I just shout out the color and number. And we have plays on there multiple times. So, that of course, you know, our common plays, like our veer plays, are on there like four or five times. So, you're not just shouting out the same yeah. note because even your, your big, dumb D lineman can probably figure out <laughs> you know, what black 10 is after you run it six times at them and getting yeah. 10 yards of pop on them. So, but that's what I was going to say. If you're running it six times, it's probably working. So they, and they don't, they can't stop yeah. it anyway. <laughs> but you can change that up each week as well. So that's what's cool about it. Yeah, for sure. So it takes, you know, it takes me Monday night, Tuesday, you know, we usually get the game plan in and it takes me, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes a day where, you know, that weekend to do it because it's already pretty much set. You know, you're just flip-flopping a couple things. So, and then I got, uh, some great managers. So I come in every Tuesday and say, all right, arts and crafts, ladies. And they get it, they, they print it, they laminate them, they cut them out and put it in there. So works out pretty good. Heck yeah, man. When you got some assistance, that's awesome right there, coach. Yep. Well, hey, coach, let's talk a little bit. Of, I just got a few more questions for you and then we'll, we'll let you go, man. Uh, <clears throat> talk a little bit about the All Alaska camp and how it's uh, important uh, to your team where you can have uh, some, some, some time before you hit the season. Also, the importance of maybe uh, recruiting for your state, uh, uh, sure. for, for your for your kids to get a little bit of exposure, and um, and then I want you to talk a little bit about uh, wasn't his name Derek Snell over at uh, yeah. Talk a little bit about that, coach. Okay, uh, the All Ask Camp's been around since I was in high school, since I was in seventh grade, and I'm not going to throw back that, but that was a while ago. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's a great camp for Alaska because. You know, we, we have some really good football players up here that just don't get looked at because of, you know, geographics. Um, it's a lot easier for a coach in Washington or Oregon or whatever to go watch one of the high schools in Washington as opposed to flying up here on a Friday and then going back there for whatever it is Saturday. Um, and so for our kids, it's, it's beneficial. Um, you know, of course, because the NCAA rule changed a couple years ago, you can't have any Division I schools coming up anymore. But – um, you know, we got some really good Division II NAI schools come up, JUCO schools that come up. And and be honest with you guys, most of the players up here are that level. There's unique – you know, we have every now and then some really good football players come out of Alaska and, and the, you know, Division One, But realistically, we, we don't have uh, a lot of true Division One, especially big Division One players. Um, but that's not to take away from the talent we have up here. You know, we have some great talent up here. And we have teams that travel out of state every year that go compete and they do well. Um, 
I don't want to do that because it costs about fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> that's another fundraiser. That's, that's a lot more fundraising. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the, the camp's unique because there's twenty five plus schools up here. The coaches come up here and they do, they coach. You know, the college coaches, high school coaches get to come up here and they coach our individual aspects of the camp. And then the cool thing for us as a as a team is we get to have team practice every day for about an hour and a half. And then we get to do some team get-togethers in the evening against other, other teams. So one night it's uh, seven on seven. The next night it's actual scrimmages, you know, thud tackling. But it's great. Um, and for us, we don't have spring ball up here. We don't have spring ball. We do some seven on seven, but it's just like me calling up another coach, say, hey, you guys want to get together next week? There's no leagues, anything like that. So, you know, we trade it kind of as a as a spring ball session. And uh, – I like I just met with my guys today at lunchtime about we need more numbers there next year because our numbers were pretty low last year, and so you know I'm hoping that uh, we can get that uh, you know 25 30 kids up there next year for sure, make it worth your time. <laughs> um, and then yeah, so <laughs> as far as recruiting wise though, like I said, you know that's just, that's where our kids get looked. That's where I get, that's where I got recruited at Sh- by Shatter State was years ago from that camp. Oh really? And, okay. Yeah. And they they came up here and they you know put on the camp and well, they were one of the coaches involved and yeah um, that's how I got recruited because you know in the nineties we didn't have this huddle stuff we didn't have all that you had to get your VHSs and send them out and uh, all that kind of stuff so that was that was beneficial to me um, and to talk a little bit about Derek Derek was a four year starter for me you know he started as a freshman which you know you don't do no matter what school you're at but he he stood out as a freshman and he, he was a stud. He was a receiver for us for his first two years. Then we started moving more tight end. Um, but his senior year, he, uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, but he had over, he had over a thousand years rushing and a thousand yards receiving, uh, 38 wow. touchdowns. Um, and he ended up signing at Montana state. So he was a registered freshman this year and saw quite a bit of playing time at, at the H position. And so he'll go on the next year in the depth chart. I think he's number two right now, number one, number two. Um, so he's looking good. And, you know, it's pretty cool to see someone come from a small area like this to be successful at that level. And uh, it's pretty humbling, too, as a coach. We know that I helped him, you know, get to that point and, and that he's still plugging along and doing good with it. Yeah, man, he's a great kid, too. I got to meet him my first time, my first year up. And just just a humble young man, great young man. And, I remember uh, you shared his highlight with me, and uh, I, I didn't. I, I think the kid played every position on offense. <laughs> he played. He was our wildcat quarterback. He played. He played receiver. He played running back, uh, tight end. Yeah, I mean, he was every, everywhere but offensive line. I was that. <laughs> could have definitely could have, but yeah. Well, coach, I, I wanted to ask you about the um, uh, that earthquake you were talking about earlier. Uh, we talked with. Uh, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Bluntstown head coach, uh, Bo Johnson. He's on our telegram. And then also Coach Hughes we had on the other night. And both those two guys experienced hurricanes down in, in, down here in Florida, and it kind of affected their community. And um, we, we talked about how it impacted their team as well. Uh, can you talk maybe a little bit about the, the earthquake that, uh, that occurred up there in uh, your neck? Yeah, I mean, it's – that's one thing that I don't want to experience again. Um, I've been, you know, born and raised up here. I've experienced hundreds of earthquakes. Um, but that is obviously the biggest one. 7.2 is what it officially came out to be, which is 
you know, I, I don't know the math, but it's freaking strong. Um, we were, I was teaching middle school last year and we were uh, in the gym with a hundred middle school kids. We just started our warm up run and you could literally hear this thing. Like it was like a freight train and you hear it. And then all of a sudden you feel a little shake and the lights went out. And then it was like, I mean, it, it's, it's surreal. You don't know. It, it, I don't know how to explain it. Like it was so powerful and you get all these little kids running around screaming and yelling, you know, and, all you can do is just, you know, what, you're, what we're trained to do is, like, you, you get down, you cover yourself. In the gym, you got all this metal stuff, so you don't know where you're supposed to go, really. And get them up against the wall and get them duck covering holes, what we call it. So you duck down, cover your head, and get down in a small position. But uh, it was crazy, man. And then we had – that night, we had more earthquakes. But, you know, they we had aftershocks. Up in, you know, they're saying we're still having them occasionally. We, they're so small, we don't feel them anymore. But, you know, a 7.2, if you put in perspective, in places like in third world countries and stuff, thousands of people are getting killed. Yeah. Or, you know, buildings are crumbling. But we have the infrastructure up here um, that there was, there was definitely a lot of damage to certain buildings. My mom's house is a perfect example. She's had to put in over $50,000 worth of money to her house to get some wow. – some stuff done on her outside, retaining wall, her whole, like she lives on a hill and it's kind of slid down a little bit. Um, so greening the school I was teaching at, uh, they're looking at $40 million repaired right now. Wow. Yeah. So there's a, there's a school bond going out this, this April that we have to vote on whether or not to get repaired. So right now they're, yeah. they're at our building still. Wow. Now you, yeah. you sent me some pictures. I remember didn't like the sprinklers or something go off or the, Man, yeah, the cafeteria, cafeteria. There's all all the liquid from the sprinklers came out. Um, ceiling tiles everywhere. You know, if you looked at it, it looked pretty bad. But then when they started going back in, of course, and looking at things, there's a lot of like where the trusses are from the roof disconnected from the big walls, and and uh, so they basically what they have to do is go in and tear that place down to the studs and rebuild it. Is what you know, probably end up doing. Wow, did you? But, I was supposed to have a team meeting that day. I was supposed to have a team meeting. So I was coming over here at lunch that day. It was a, my greening and Chugak were about eight minutes apart. And I was supposed to come over for lunch that day because I'll never forget because I, I was working on my my agenda um, that, that morning right before I went out to the gym for our first class. Wow, man. Do you have any uh, kids on your team uh, really affected by it, man? And uh... – did you guys get out there and help the community out a little bit? You know, like I said, Coach, it was weird. Like, there were certain areas that were hit super hard. And then, like, this school I'm in right now, they stayed in here all day. Like, nothing really happened. But it was the same thing. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the widespread that you would from a hurricane necessarily. It was, it was this house had this kind of damage. And most of the damage was, like, drywall cracks. Um, like, in my house – I had I lost a bunch of dishes. That's a lot of people lost a lot of dishes and stuff like that, paintings, things like that that fell down. Some cracks here and there, but it wasn't anything significant that that you really needed like a true community with, which was then, uh, which was a blessing, of course. Yes. Um, but definitely, we would have. We're, we're always involved in the community. We do all kinds of stuff in this program with community. And that's it's one of the big things that I love about the school is even though we have another school six miles away from us 
less than that, whatever. Um, we have the community backing. We have the community support. This school has been around since 68. And, um, you know, we're able to have – we have such support here. It's, it's tremendous. I love it. Well, that's awesome, Coach. Hey, before I let you go, man, last question. Um, every year I went up, man, you, you always hook me up with some smoked salmon. You know, <laughs> you, you, you make the best smoked salmon, man, I ever had, man. Uh, you said that you're a contest winner, right? Yes, give, a couple times, yeah. Yeah, you got to give these guys some tips, man. Now, don't give them the secret sauce now, but you got to give them some tips, you know. How about, how about come up and do some fishing with me and I'll show you how to do it. There you go. I'm going to come open, up and eat it with invite, you. Open, invite, and fly. There we go. <laughs> it's, all about, it's all about catching your own. It's all about uh, smoking it nice and low and getting a good flavor on there. That's for Man. sure. I tell you what, it's, it's the best I ever had. I think you gave it to him. I ate the whole daggum thing right there. You know what I mean? That was, <laughs> it, was, it was delicious, man. It was awesome. Well, hey, Coach, man, I, I appreciate you coming on. I don't want to uh, take up too much more of your time. I can't thank you enough, man. I appreciate you coming on. Oh, man, I appreciate it. This is fun. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you have a good one, brother. Thanks. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at Apple iTunes, Spotify, or, Google, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave us some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our MeshPoint podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at the Mesh Point. Again, at the Mesh Point. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I have an option blog there and write articles and have plays uh, that can help you out, particularly during the season. All right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to 3Face Football on Twitter, at 3Face Football, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.